Welcome to the Mystic Mecca, where the worlds of spirits, aliens, and conspiracies collide, and we keep it high vibe. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Mystic Mecca podcast. I am so excited to have you here. My name is Erica Blackbear, and I will be your host for this adventure. This is a space to talk about all of the fringe topics, the things that mainstream society is afraid to touch on, which I would argue is by design. Things that push the envelope that hopefully expand our understanding of reality. I am going to talk about my story a little bit in this episode in order to give you a framework of understanding of where I am coming from and where my knowledge base comes from. And this episode is to really encourage you to reframe your story as a hero's quest, as I have learned to do for myself. It's taken me a while to get to this point of talking about my story as a hero's quest. And I really think that all of us have our own hero's quests. To be able to think about it and talk about it like that is where true healing lies. My story has gone through a lot of iterations through the years. I used to focus on the things that happened to me. I was looking at it as a victim of my circumstances. I moved through the range of emotions from sadness and depression to pure rage (laughs) to acceptance, but I was still a victim to my story. It wasn't the version that I wanted to put out into the world. Now I've come to the version that I'm calling my hero's quest. Now I'm looking at it from the perspective of power. I stood in my light and I never let the darkness change who I am at my core. I'm proud of who I am and so I'm going to speak about it from that perspective today. First, I want to say that I was born with my psychic abilities up and on. I fully believe that everybody has access to psychic abilities. It doesn't mean anything other than I did a lot of work in other lifetimes to create that for myself. When we incarnate, we typically forget most of who we really are at our core, the truth of our soul. It's designed into the system that way intentionally. But we all come from the universal energy, the God energy, the creative energetic force underlying everything in the universe. Each of us is a piece of that energy. When we incarnate, we forget who we are and the power that we all hold so that we can stay in the density of this kind of dimensional playground. We're here to play and experience and enjoy ourselves, at least that's how it's supposed to be. When I came into this incarnation, I remembered a lot of the truth of the universe. I did not forget everything. I remembered being a part of the collective consciousness. I remembered being a part of God and what that felt like. I remembered choices I made prior to incarnating as far as creating contracts for this incarnation. And every soul makes their own decisions. It's not up to a separate entity to decide what you will experience in this lifetime, at least the major events. Some people call these choices soul contracts. So you decide, okay, I want to experience X, Y, Z. And there will be other souls that say, okay, I want to experience the opposite side of that. So I will play the opposite role for you. It's a mutual agreement. Anyway, I have always been a very spiritual person, very connected to the God energy and to my guide team and other helper beings on the other side. I have also had a lot of interactions with extraterrestrial beings from a very early age. So the main focus of my soul's experience has always been spiritual. 
Everybody has their own kind of overarching theme of their soul that they carry from lifetime to lifetime, a focus you could say. Now in each lifetime, you'll have a more tapered focus for that lifetime, but there's always going to be an overarching interest of your soul and mine is in the spiritual realm. I was always very interested in spirituality. I was interested in having a higher understanding, a higher consciousness. I always knew that one of my purposes was to attain enlightenment in the Buddhist or Hindu sense of the word and to help others also reach that level of dimensional understanding. And that has been my main focus throughout my life since I was a very young child. Now, that being said, I was born into a family that had a lot of abuse, particularly my father's side. My father sexually abused me and I was trafficked. I have vivid memories of being abused as a baby getting my diaper changed. Not only was he my abuser, but then I was trafficked into pedophile rings and was abused by other men that he was connected with. There was an overarching organization that kind of hid the pedophile ring, and then there was the pedophile ring itself. Not everybody in the organization was a part of the pedophile ring, and not everybody in the pedophile ring was a part of the organization, but the pedophile ring was underlying the organization. I was abused in the pedophile ring from about the age of six, maybe five, until I was about 11 or 12. The reason I'm bringing this up is because being in that situation gave me an insider understanding of what was actually going on and the level of not only abuse that's happening on the planet, but also um, we'll just call it the matrix system because everybody kind of understands what I'm talking about. There is a matrix system on this planet that has imprisoned humanity and is, quite frankly, desperately trying to keep humanity imprisoned right now. This system has been in place for an extremely long time, since basically the beginning of humans. One of the things that I came to understand was that there was this matrix system, and that these men were a part of it. They were, maybe you could say, working for it, and were perpetuating the system, They were not particularly powerful in the system, but they pulled their power from the system. And I came to understand that there was more going on than just my own abuse and the abuse of the other children that I saw in this pedophile ring. There was also, you could say, satanic ritual abuse. Um, I experienced firsthand certain rituals. These rituals were in you know, they weren't done in the open. It was hidden. Everything was hidden. Like the thing about the matrix is that they work in the shadows. They don't want, like they're obvious when, when you know it's there, you can see it everywhere. You can see the threads of this matrix system everywhere. But when you don't know it's there, you can't see it completely. They operate in, in secret, in the shadows. They don't want, you to see what they're doing fully. One of the things that I was privy to was I heard a lot of the things that were going on within this matrix system. And I heard a lot of the, you could say, agendas that they were trying to push forward. And I heard this information from the men that were abusing me. I overheard conversations. And the thing is, is that these men they would use, as a child, I called it hypnotism because that was what I could understand it to be from my child perspective. Now I understand it to be part of the 
kind of mind control, the MK Ultra mind control. That's kind of um, something that has gone around in the conspiracy, quote unquote, conspiracy circles um, for a while now is that there's this mind control going on. And I am a firsthand experiencer of that happening in my own home. And then I'm able to see it on a larger scale. That looks like somebody coming in and performing. It would be like a ritual almost. It looked to me like some type of a hypnotism. There was a particular man who would come into my home and he would sit me and my mom and my sister down and he would perform this kind of ritualistic hypnotism type thing on us. Now, the goal of this was to mess with our memories. So the men who spoke about what was happening in front of me, they thought that they were covered. What they didn't understand is that it wasn't working on me. So I remember everything, everything. (laughs) While it was happening, I vowed that I would file away all of these memories in myself and I would bring it to light because this is widespread. It was not something that was just within my own sphere. And as I've gone through my healing process, I've come across other people who also experience the exact same thing I experienced or very similar. So it was a very interesting childhood because I remembered why I incarnated. I remembered that it was twofold. And I spoke about the enlightenment earlier, so that's part of why I'm here. But another part of it is that I was here to blow the lid off this matrix system, to to shine the light in it, to say, I see what you're doing and I don't think it's okay and it needs to stop. It's been long enough where the system has kept humanity down. And it's not just me. It's not just the kids that are being abused. It is happening society-wise. We're not being allowed to evolve in a natural way. Like We would have been further along. The system has taught us that humanity is the problem. Like We're inherently flawed, and that's not true. There is a unnatural system. I will get more into what that system is in the next episode and what to do about it. My father was narcissistic. He's very manipulative. And that's what I've experienced with all of the people, the beings that are a part of this system and all of the men that were involved in in the pedophile ring. They're all very manipulative. Like they have a persona that they put out to the world and then they have their secret side. They're very compartmentalized. Like they don't show that secret side of themselves. So most people in their lives would not know that they're pedophiles, would not know that they're abusing children behind closed doors. They're very good at putting out a certain persona. They're very good and they understand the energetics of it. The matrix system is not stupid. They're intelligent to a certain extent. The beings that operate in the darkness, you could say, in the in the lower vibrations, such as these men, such as the other beings that were involved in my abuse. And it wasn't just embodied humans. There were other extraterrestrial species involved. Remember, I could see the other side. 
the matrix system has created a scenario where most humans lose that ability pretty early on when they're born here because it's it's ridiculed it's you're crazy if you can see spirits if you can see entities they call you crazy that you're having a psychotic episode that you're schizophrenic these labels have created a scenario where people are afraid to tap into that side of themselves more of the truth of who you are is in those realms. There is like putting blinders on humans. So we're taught to not access that side of ourselves. And so these groups that are part of the matrix system are operating in those realms themselves. They are able to access, you might call them demons, but there's a lot of different entity groups that are a part of the matrix system that are operating in the lower vibrational realms that are called on and accessed by not only the humans that are a part of the system, but also the overarching extraterrestrials who have played a role in it from the beginning of humanity. These beings are accessing the energetic side, the spiritual side of things. Now, mind you, they hate God, which is ironic because they are aspects of God. You can never fully get away from God. <laughs> as much as a being would try, they've been wounded in some way, right? So in a past life, in this lifetime, they've been wounded and they've they're angry and they're hurting. That's the that's the bottom line about it. I'm not excusing the behavior, but these beings, they're fully aware of what they're doing, okay? And they're intentionally accessing the darker energies. They're amplifying the darker energies and entities to wreak havoc on the world. So they're trying to destroy the universe, essentially. They're trying to destroy. They want to, to harm and they want to hurt. And that is their intention, my goal in talking about this is to show you that there is a matrix system, to show you my understanding of what that is, and show you how to get out of it and talk about it in a way where we can move forward as humanity. It's time. Like we're at an, a critical evolutionary period in humanity's time. And it, we have to move beyond this system in order to evolve how we need to evolve. And as long as this system is holding us down and back, we're going to go through the same cycles over and over and over again, because this matrix has created a holding system, a holding cell, you could even say for humanity, that is keeping us in a cyclical pattern. And we're, we haven't been able to move out of it. Now, this point in time is when we move out of it. And believe me, we've already won. I'm not going to present it in a scary way. I refuse to fall into fear-based propaganda around it because I know it sounds outlandish and it sounds crazy, but so many of us in humanity now are waking up that there's something not right. And this is what's not right. You don't need to go down the rabbit holes because the rabbit holes are the matrix also. Anything that is pushing fear is is matrix propaganda. Anyone who is pushing fear is pushing matrix propaganda. They may or may not be aware of it. Okay, that's the thing about this matrix system. That's why it's so pervasive and able to continue its hold so long on humanity is because 
most of the people that are actually propagating the matrix propaganda are not aware that they're doing it. <laughs> okay. And they're either being influenced from beings on the other side, from entities in the spirit realm, or they're, they've just been programmed. By so like I touched on, I witnessed satanic ritual abuse. My father took me into what I could only call caves. They were definitely underground. There was no windows. There was no sunlight. It was hidden and the walls were not like normal walls. It was like, it was underground. You could tell it was underground. Now these caverns, they were very dim. They were lit with candles oftentimes. Part of the mind control aspect of this was that they could put put your physical body into almost a sleep state in order to take you to places, in order to keep you from hearing important information. And they would, they had certain things that they would do, certain phrases that they would say in order to make that happen. Now, like I said, when they would do that to me, it didn't work. I believe that the reasoning behind that was not only because I came in advanced spiritually because I had done the work in previous lifetimes and I remembered things and my mind was more trained to combat something like this, but also because I knew that this was my mission coming in. And so I was given the tools that I needed to complete the mission, right? So one of the things was that I the mind control thing didn't work on me because I needed to remember what was happening in order to shine a light on on it. There's this misconception, I think, around child trafficking that, you know, you're trafficked in a in a group. There's organizations that kind of snatch you out of your home, but that's not always the case. A lot of the time you're trafficked by people that you know. Now, my, in my case, it was my father. He was what some people in the quote-unquote conspiracy realms, disclosure realms, would call uh, my handler. He was the one transporting me to different men, to different warehouses to be abused, etc. Almost every single child I saw abused in these pedophile rings were children of the men that were abusing the kids. Either the children, or you know, maybe they were the uncle of the children, or something like that. They were they had easy access to the children, okay, without being questioned. And then the children would be taken back to their homes. And the mind control aspect of it would ensure that they didn't remember what had happened. And not only were the children being controlled in that way, but the other people in their family potentially, and in my family that was happening. So anybody who witnessed the abuse thems itself accidentally or intentionally, these mind control techniques were used on them so that their secrets were safe, okay? Or so they thought. Like I said, it was not working on me, but I pretended that it was. And I knew because I had such a spiritual connection and everybody has a guide team, okay? And we'll get into the guide teams. Oh, we will get into some fun, some super fun topics. I know this topic is really heavy and I'm sorry to start it. I'm not, I'm not sorry to start it with, with such a heavy topic, but 
Um, this is so critical for where human what is going on in humanity, and it it creates the framework moving forward into this podcast of of where we're headed. And believe me, we'll we'll cover some really fun topics. But anyway, um, everybody has a guide team, and these are. It could be your ancestors. It could be high-level spiritual beings that are helping you from the other side, basically. It's like having a team of assistants, I always say. And why wouldn't you access your team of assistants? Because you forget when you're incarnated into this physical body, they have access to levels of information that you don't currently have access to. And so they're here to guide you and help you. I always had a really good relationship with them. I knew that they were in the spirit realm. I knew I knew that other people couldn't see them. My sight ability was so strong that I could see them that like they were physically standing in the room next to me. And so my guide team really helped me in in this difficult experience. Now, I knew coming into my incarnation and all of you knew coming into your incarnation, your soul knew the big aspects of what you would experience. So so all of us experience some level of trauma, you could call it. And we all know coming in that we're going to experience the big traumas in our life are typically soul contracts, typically things that we have chosen to experience on a soul level, because it gives not only ourselves a higher understanding of that experience, but it also gives the whole of creation, the understanding from your perspective, from your point of consciousness, it gives them the understanding of your experience. So you are witnessed. What you've been through has been witnessed, okay? It's not in the shadows. It's not hidden. Although people will tend to think that they're going through it on their own, they're not, okay? There are a higher level spiritual beings, your ancestors, they are there for you in those moments. They are witnessing those moments with you. You are not alone. My guide team was very integral to my to me making it through. So like I said, I knew coming in that I was going to experience some really difficult um, um, trauma, some sexual, so the, the sexual abuse I experienced not only that, but the the heavy oppression of these experiences and of the men, because not only was I sexually abused, but I was also threatened. I was told that if I told anybody that my they would abuse my sister, and it was just me and my sister, and I was very close with my sister, and I felt an obligation to protect her because I was the older sister. They would threaten her life. They would say that they would kill her. They would say that they would kill me. They learned pretty quickly that I didn't care if they killed me. I obviously didn't want to die, but that wasn't going to keep me quiet. It was the threats against people that I loved my sister in particular, that was what kept me quiet. So there was constant threats uh, against my life. There was constant threats against the people I cared about and the people I loved. I couldn't let my guard down. I couldn't relax. I couldn't be at ease in life because there was just this constant threat of death, basically. There were multiple times where they were planning on killing me. 
and my guides helped me save my life. They get, they told me what to say or do in those instances that saved my life. There was like this testing that was going on. They did it to me and they did it to my sister and they did it to other children as well. I saw this was another aspect of the matrix abuse and they would test us to see like how psychically inclined we were, how smart we were, how aware we were because they wanted they didn't want people who were any of those things. They the children were more useful when they were not as aware or awake because they were more easily manipulated and they and the mind control worked better on them. From a very, very early age, my guide team was telling me to hide how intelligent I was and how um, aware and awake and psychically, um, spiritually attuned I was. And so I would lie, like they would do these tests where they would hide their hands behind their back and ask me how many fingers they were holding up. And I knew the answer every time. And I was instructed by my guide team to lie. And so I did. And it saved my life. Like I would have been abused and then I would have been disposed of, basically murdered. Um, and, And the murder would have been hidden, which they did do to other children for different reasons. From a very early age, I was I relied heavily on my guide team always, and I still do to this day, to complete my mission basically here. Um, and so I was instructed to lie and hide who I was and what I was here to do. I did that very well. I was very convincing, although I was abused by my father. He would treat me at almost like a wife um, afterwards, like he would abuse me and then he would confide in me and he would tell me his deepest, darkest secrets as he was laying in bed with me. I used those opportunities to get more information out of him. Now, mind you, he thought that because after those sessions, he would use the mind control techniques. He thought that they were working on me because so he thought his secrets were like hidden deep within my psyche that they would never come to the surface. But surprise, I remember everything. So I know murders that he's committed. I know the extent of the abuse that he went through. I know how how it went down the, the family line. So my grandmother abused him. I know that he worked with Um, some people might call it the dark side, Um, the beings on the dark side. I know that he conjured entities to harm other people who were threatening his power and his ability to stay hidden in the physical world. And this is common for all of the of the people who are involved in this in this system use these types of tactics. So you could call it black magic. You could call it you know you're conjuring. You could call it whatever whatever might resonate in in your realm the the speech that might resonate for you. But it's it's Satan Satanism essentially, and so they kind of worship. With Satan, the thing is, is that I would ask a lot of questions. I would try to get more information out of them. Like, why were they doing what they were doing? What was behind it? They were very chatty after they abused me. And mostly my father, but other men in the organization would give me information that they 
certainly did not want to come to light. I was able to kind of, I guess I was manipulative in my own way because I had my own agenda. I wanted to understand why. I wanted to understand what they were doing. I wanted to understand the what was behind this. And that's how I kind of started uncovering the matrix system itself. I would gain certain understandings like, okay, they're using um, entities on the other side. They're using these dark energies for, to do things, to to harm others, to do psychic attacks against people who are questioning them. They're conjuring these, these entities, these beings, um, and using them to hold their power and influence. So my father wasn't particularly powerful in the big scheme of things. It's not like he was a president or you know, a senator. He didn't hold that type of power, but he, in his own realm, he was a powerful person. He was a leader in this organization that I kind of mentioned. He was seen as kind of this powerful figure within his circle. And he would do anything to to hold that status and to hold that power over others. Like my whole goal as a child during those experiences was to get as much information as I could to file it away in my tiny brain so that when I was older, I could shine a light on this in a in a large scale way and I could bring this to society and I could show people what is tell people what is happening. And so that's what I did. There were a lot of other children that I saw, and some of them were, like I said, the children of these men. But then there were also other children that were my understanding through kind of poking around was that these children were undesirables, they called them. They were children who were likely within the um, the system, you could say. Um, maybe they were in group homes. Maybe they may have been children in foster homes, in child protective services, and in that kind of um, in the, in the system in that way. They may have also been children who were taken from homes in other countries, like third world countries, and brought into the United States and keep held as slaves, essentially. I saw a lot of different types of children. The children that were the the ones that they knew didn't have people looking for them or that they didn't have powerful people looking for them. They were more likely to to go to situations where the the men were more violent and they were often killed and disposed of. I did experience going to certain men who were more violent with their abuse. I basically stood up for myself after being in those experiences. And I told my father that if he ever sent me to one of those men again, that I would kill him in his sleep, essentially. Um, and then it did grow into other threats, like I would tell people what was going on, those types of things. So with my guide's help, I kept myself safe quote unquote safe um, because there were certain times where I triggered a man to get upset. I asked a question that he didn't like. Um, and I was very, like I said, I was very pushy. I, I was able to do it in a way where I was still came across as kind of innocent and naive and not, not as a threat. Like I didn't come at it as aggressively. There were men who 
kind of caught on, you know, and they didn't like what I was doing. And they basically were like, I'm going to kill you. Um, so there were times where my life was definitely in danger, but my guides were great at helping me navigate those situations and getting out of very sticky situations, we'll say. So back to the ritual abuse. So these happened in caves. Um, I've witnessed firsthand um, child sacrifice, essentially. I've witnessed the men uh, drinking blood. I've witnessed um, them putting blood on their body from these sacrifices. Um, these situations went on for hours. It was it was a whole ritual, a whole very long, very drawn out, very exhausting ritual. We were drugged oftentimes during. So the children who are brought to these rituals were drugged. Um, I was and and I was drugged often during my abuse. So I was drugged during the sexual abuse when, especially particularly when I was taken into group abuse situations. So typically after these rituals, the satanic rituals, we were we were drugged. So that was part of the thing uh, they wanted. They, first of all, they wanted us to be more compliant. When you're on drugs, you're more compliant. But also, they knew that drugs would mess with your memory. So it was often heroin. It was often LSD and um, MDMA, Molly. That was another aspect of the abuse. I call it my hero's quest now because I understand it from the perspective of I did choose to incarnate into this experience. And I take responsibility for that. And I don't regret the experiences I've had. Oftentimes, a soul will choose to experience a really difficult situation because if your goal is spiritual growth, a, a situation like this will catapult. If you harness the energy correctly, now you can get lost in, in the victimhood, in the depression, in the sadness, in the anger. You can get lost in that. But if you don't and you learn to harness that energy of the experience, you can catapult yourself really far in your spiritual growth really quickly. On a higher level, we understand that. So there are many of us who have chosen the difficult paths because they it will catapult us through our growth. And so that's what I did. I used this experience. I harnessed this energy, this very difficult experience. I didn't let it overcome me. I, I mean, it did for a while. Like I went through a long time where I had severe PTSD. I had depression, more anxiety though. I had severe anxiety. Depression at, was more when I was younger, and then it turned into PTSD and anxiety as I got older. Um, I had substance abuse issues, which part of my abuse as a child was indoctrination, them saying to me over and over, particularly my father, you're going to die in a ditch. You're going to die a drug addict. You're going to be on drugs for the rest of your life. You're going to die by the time you're 18. It was not only was the mind control to make me forget things, but it was also implanting ideas into my head. So because they they wanted us to clean ourselves up, they didn't like if we survived, 
through that, like physically survived through that experience, they wanted us to either be crazy, become crazy, like bipolar or schizophrenia, stuff like that. They wanted to create that within us and they were successful often. Or they wanted us to become drug addicts and, you know, become homeless and be powerless that nobody would, even if we spoke about what had happened to us, nobody would believe us. And that's the thing about taking your power back. So I did experience those situations. I was homeless. I was a drug addict. I've slept in a, on a park bench in a, in a, in a public park at, at a bus stop. I've seen, you know, the underbelly of, of society. I really have. And so I, I did go through those experiences because it was so horrific. The things that I saw, especially the, the satanic rituals, the child sacrifices, those were some of the more absolutely horrific things to witness because you just feel so powerless. I was tied um, with my hands tied behind my back. There was not a whole lot I could do in a room full of grown men as a seven-year-old child witnessing. And it you just feel so powerless and you just, uh, the witnessing the murder of somebody like that is, uh, it just rips through you. It really does. And to witness the acts of the men, how they just treated it like it was a happy thing. Like they were excited. They were putting the blood on themselves. They were drinking, you know, it was was seeing how dark people could be, how absolutely the, the most horrific things in society, like witnessing that was just, it rips through you. It really does. Yeah. I did experience a lot of those things, but I also knew that I was going to experience those things. As a young child, I knew that I was going to experience um, drug abuse. I knew that I was going to experience the after effects of this trauma. And I just held it within myself that I will come out the other side. I will not get stuck in this. I will not lose myself in this. I will come out the other side stronger than ever. And I will bring to light what I have seen, what I have experienced. And I refuse to let them silence me. I refuse to let them make me a powerless member of society. And as soon as you come out of that victim. They want you to be the victim. The matrix system wants you to play the victim and they encourage victimhood in our society. I refuse to be a victim of my circumstances and I held that. I I brought the light in those darkest of situations, in those absolute horrors of what I witnessed both to my own physical body like I would leave my body during those experiences. I would be outside of myself, looking at myself, looking at my physical body, um, going through the trauma because it was so intense to be embodied into this physical avatar in those moments that I had to withdraw. I had to take myself out of it so that I could still witness what was happening and still remember what happened to me. It was it was too much to physically, to be 
physically in it. That is a a common thing in people who have experienced this type of trauma that they will see themselves experiencing the trauma from outside of themselves. That is your soul leaving your body to protect the core of who you are. The point is that in those darkest of moments, I held that the light, you know, and I've come to this understanding now. This has taken me a very, very long time. I've gone through a lot of years of healing myself, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that I did not let this experience crush me. I didn't let this experience make me powerless, and I fought tooth and nail to to protect my innermost core, protect my my compassion and love, protect protect like who I am at my core. I am an open-hearted, trusting person. And I protected those pieces of myself to get through this experience and still hold those, those aspects of myself. I still feel compassion and love for people. I, and it's been through my forgiveness. But the point is that during those experiences, I brought light to those situations. And that is my hero's quest. I'm not saying that it was okay because I made the choice coming into this incarnation. I'm not saying it was okay what happened. I'm not. Because humanity did not have to go down this road where we see all of these really horrific types of abuses and murders of each other. We did not have to go down this road. But because we did, my soul chose to harness, to come into a really difficult incarnation, absorb that karmic and transmute it. I chose to do that. That is my empowerment, is coming to the realization that I chose that, that I had choice in that, in deciding to come into that. Because I had seen that you can harness that and use it as to catapult yourself through spiritual growth. And that's, like I said, my overarching kind of theme with my soul is spiritual growth. That's my interest. That's every incarnation. There has been an aspect of that, of that spiritual growth happening. I trusted myself to come through it intact. And I trusted that I was strong enough to come through that and use that to catapult myself into spiritual growth. And that is my hero's quest. And that is the message that I want to give to everyone. You came through a hero's quest. You have your own hero's quest. Choose to look at it in that way. Forgive. Give yourself the permission to be empowered through your difficult experiences. Look how far you've come. Look at the fact that you came through those difficult experiences and your core is intact. The beauty of your soul is still intact because you fought. It was hard fought. You fought for that. You fought to get through that. That's what I want to share is to look at at your experiences, no matter how difficult your experiences have been, look at it as a hero's quest. You're a fucking hero for what you've been through, for what you've gone through and held yourself and and come through it. See yourself in, in your brilliance. See yourself in your light. See yourself for, for what you really are, for who and what you really are. And the thing about my experience is that 
as I was being abused by these men, I was still sending them love. I was still giving them the option to stop doing what they were doing and to come to the light. I remember telling my father, we had a lot of time together and we had some in-depth conversations and he would say, this was done to me. He would just be matter of fact and cold. He was coming from a trauma response. He had been through the trauma himself. He could have stopped the trauma with himself, but instead he made the choice to continue inflicting harm because that's what was done to him. It's more common for men to, if they've been through a trauma response, to pass it on. That's why there are more men abusers. It's more common for women to internalize the pain. It's more common for men to externalize it and to continue the the cycle of abuse. And I remember being a young child, seven years old. I'd just been raped by my own father. And I remember sitting there and giving him the option to turn to the light. People who have done those types of abuses, it's never God that's forgiving them. It's themselves because they have to face their own self. After they die, it's their own self who holds them accountable. And it's the same with everybody. Now, the energy that you put out into the world, you receive back. And so if you're abusing somebody else, you're going to experience that not necessarily abuse, but that type of energy frequency. You will. It's like a boomerang. What you put out comes back around to you. And it's one of the laws of the universe. So there they will be quote unquote punished. It's not heaven or hell. It's not like this concept that um, Christianity has perpetuated where there's like this God that's deciding who is right and who is wrong. You are God. My father is an aspect of God. I had to come to terms with that. And that's where the forgiveness lies because I see the light in him. Not that I think that it was okay what he did because it's not. The truth of it is still that we are all one and he is part of that one. Not that I would ever want him in my life. I don't want to see him. I don't want to know him. I had to come to the forgiveness of him. I had to come to the understanding that he is he is start, still part of the whole. And that is a big message that I have is that we as people who have experienced, have been on the receiving end of the trauma, we have to be better. We have to tr- come to forgiveness because in the big scheme of things, where humanity is at right now, we are at a pivotal time in our evolution. And either we continue down the tit for tat, the war mentality, the he hurt me, so I'm going to hurt him back. If we continue with, with that mentality, we destroy ourselves. I understand that my ego is like, oh, he did this to me. I don't want to forgive him. He doesn't deserve my forgiveness. But in the bigger picture, this lifetime is such a small portion of the experience that we get to experience in the physical realm. Me putting aside my ego needs for the good of the whole of of our experience, where do I want to see humanity a thousand years from now, a hundred years from now? I want to see humanity living in beauty and peace and happiness. I want to see us living in concert with nature. I want to see us 
honoring our earth and honoring the abundance that we've been given. I want to see us in beauty and peace and harmony and happiness and joy. I want to see that for humanity. And so in order to see that for humanity, I have to put aside my ego and forgive for that, for that vision. And I hold that for all of humanity that we move into that and we can and we will. There's been so many beings who have incarnated here at this time to help humanity get to that beauty point, to move past this system that has held us down and back. Like enough is enough. And in order to do that, we have to forgive and we have to understand that the people who are perpetuating this low vibrational matrix system, most of them have been harmed themselves in this system. And they are hurting and they are suffering. And I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm saying we have to forgive for the good of the whole species. This is the hero's quest coming through those experiences and then being like, you know what? I see the higher perspective of this. I see the fact that if I choose hatred and if I choose to not forgive and if I choose tit for tat and war mentality, then that is the vote that I'm making for humanity as a whole. On the other side, if I choose forgiveness and I choose love and I choose to allow those beings who got lost in the darkness and that has been like a cloud over humanity for so long, if I choose to allow those beings back into the light and allow them to remember the truth of who they are and who we all are, that elevates humanity. That allows us to move into peace and harmony. That's where we have to go in order to not destroy ourselves because there is a crossroads right now. And I choose that vote. I choose to see humanity move into that, 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 that (laughs) peace and love and harmony and joy. And not that everything's going to be perfect, but that we work together. And I want to see the evolution of humanity. I want to see the beauty of what we can create together. This first episode is to encourage you to recast your experience as a hero's quest. It doesn't matter if you, you know, think that what you've been through hasn't, you know, isn't as difficult as mine. It doesn't matter. We're not going to quantify people's experiences. We've all experienced the heaviness of this realm. We've all experienced the difficult things in this realm. Okay. And you're a fucking hero. You're a goddamn hero. Okay. See that for yourself. Be that for yourself. Let's allow ourselves to talk about our brilliance and to talk about the things that we've done without feeling like, oh, we're not going to be humble. You know, don't come at it from a place of ego, like I'm better than you because I came through this and da 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 da. That's that's a different thing. But I'm talking about allowing ourselves to really see our the brilliance of who we are. That catapults humanity forward. That catapults yourself forward in your spiritual growth. And I'm so excited to see what humanity creates. Thank you for tuning in to the Mystic Mecca, and we will see you next week.